Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Lister Delaney. So what? It's the latest episode of the Twits Odyssey. We're now at the stage where we're at the back of the book. We've done the story and we're going through the, uh, I don't know, the bonus features, as you'd call them, if it was a DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's all sorts here. Uh, we're at the section where it's a double page called Meet Quentin Blake. Um, and there's a nice picture at the, at the top of the page there, which Quentin Blake has done himself of himself. And he's got slightly hunched uh, back, let's say. Uh, and he stood next to a fucking giant, who I assume is Roald Dahl, um, sitting there, standing there with his hand in his pocket like a cunt. Um, and Roald Dahl is... Th- they're at a table, and I think that's... There's a couple of, of glasses of wine on the go. I can't help but notice. A couple of glasses of wine on the go. Yeah, and Roald Dahl is explaining... There's some sheets of paper on the table, so there must be some pages from the next book. And Roald is explaining what's going on. And there's a speech bubble, and it's full of... Uh, a giraffe, which I think is the giraffe that Roald himself hired from the gypsies um, earlier in the series. And there's a stork, I think, and a monkey. So it's like, this is what's in the next book, right? There's a giraffe with a, a massive cock and balls. There's a stork and there's a monkey with a curly tail. So Is it a them. stork or is it a pelican? It's one of oh, them. it's a pelican. It's it a is, fucking yeah. bird and it's, or it could be a crane. No, cranes are different. It's one of them birds that's got a big fucking, like, bucket for a mouth. So I need you to draw one of them. Yeah. It Double could be any well. kind. Yeah. So finish your wine and fuck off. Right. Now, I've noticed that on some of the books, the, co- the drawing's fine, the colouring in leaves something to be desired, Quentin. <laughs> you are going over the lines, left, right and centre. Now, don't give me any of this shit you gave me last time about that being your style, right? It's not <laughs> your style. Yeah, your style is fucking lazy. It's sloppy. I want all you said colouring. It was quirky. And that is why it's I couldn't quirky. pay your full invoice before, mate. I, I told you, I'll be straight with you. I'm not fucking, I'm not 40% off. It's not fucking quirky, Quentin. It's fucking slapdash. That's what it is. Uh, so, you know, either make a fucking effort with the colouring in or, you I'll know, get, some other get paid to under do the it. odds. It's up to you. Okay, I could get any cunt to do these. Now, the, I the, could, the, I could, get, I could bring up fucking Pablo Picasso himself and get him to do them, right? So think about that next time you fucking send off this kind of shabby <laughs> shite. 
because kids pick up oh, on I it. Mean, and who's the one who ends up looking the cunt? Me, Muggins here. Because it's my name on the front you, of the book, not yours. Between me and you, Picasso did do some on spec. Uh, he sent them in. Uh, they were a fucking shambles. <laughs> so it was meant to be uh, Danny the Champion of the World, and it was just a fucking couple of squares over the top of each other. And he I went just, over the fucking lines as well, the cunt. Yeah, I mean, he's through the looking glass, that bastard. Well, that's the Spanish so, for you. I tell you, so, he, he, I tried to get him to draw the fucking BFG, and it came back, it were a big fat lass, right? Oh, oh, it was disgusting. I said, no, completely wrong. He said, let's have another crack. I said, no, I've seen enough. No way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's Quentin Blake, and Roald Dahl has, has furnished him with a quote. For this page, and it says, the finest illustrator of children's books in the world today, exclamation mark. And that really feels like it's from the heart, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what, you want a quote? Fine. All right, just say he's like the best children's illustrator in the world. Do an exclamation Reword mark at the end. Because that'll be a Reword little wink it. to people as if to say, if you, you know I'm taking the piss, right? <laughs> Dripping with sarcasm, that is. Um, and it says, Roald Dahl and Quentin Blake make a perfect partnership of words and illustrations. But when Roald started writing, he had many different illustrators. Ooh. Mm. I had loads. Started... Yeah. Truth yeah, be told, cunts. Quentin was the cheapest. <laughs> Quentin started working with him in 1976. The first book he illustrated was The Enormous Crocodile, published in 1978. What? Two years? Wow. Yeah. I want you to do this crocodile, but the cunt's not coming out for another couple of years, so there's no rush. It'll give you time to get it right, I suppose. I made, I made him draw that crocodile, because I like, especially when people first start working with me, I like to put them to the test. I made him draw that crocodile over a thousand times over the course of two years, till he got it right. And just to play a bit of mind game with him, to show him who was boss, in the end, do you know what one I used? The first fucking one he'd drawn. <laughs> and I never explained myself either. I just said, I like that one. And I can see he wanted to say something, but end of the day, he knew which side his fucking bread was bottled, so he kept stum and he took the money. In fact, in fact, his eyes were fucking welling up. It was very funny. <laughs> well, that's Quentin for you. He's never going to be the alpha. He's never in any room. He'll never be the alpha male in any situation. I mean, uh, look, he's a foot and a half shorter than I am, so, you know, <laughs> there's no chance of him taking control in this relationship. Yeah. Um, it says they, they end, Quentin ended up illustrating all of Roald Dahl's books with the exception of the minpins. He was it not good at them. why he didn't do the minpins. I've never heard of the minpins. Best, best left unsaid. But <laughs> let's just say there was a lot there were of fucking, there were fucking reasons surrounding that. A lot of them I'm still <laughs> legally uh, obliged not to discuss. <laughs> fucking minpins. In fact, you know what? Don't even mention the minpins in my presence again. <laughs> I've bought up all the copies. I've had them pulled. <laughs> it was a fucking. It was a black. A black episode in my otherwise was, fucking sparkling career. Let's just say it was a misstep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when the Beatles did fucking Octopus's Garden. <laughs> let's just say that some of my uh, more controversial opinions came to the forefront in the mid pins, <laughs> and uh, it had to be withdrawn from sale. Very it was quickly. like when, I mean, I always felt for Eric Clapton when he got up and said them, all them things about the immigrants, you know. 
And it, to, be, to be honest, he was saying what a lot of folk were thinking, but he got strung up for it. So I took inspiration from the old episode, and that's where the mimpins came from. Funnily enough, I was spending a lot of time with Slowhand at, at, during that era. He used to come and meet me at the Feathers. And uh, we, we discussed it a lot. He had his own input to the mimpins, but no, I just think society wasn't ready for it. Maybe one day it will be. History is always evolving. That's all I'm saying. And certain opinions that are uh, forbidden at the moment, you know, might become fashionable again at some point in the future. You just don't know. It's not for me to say. But all I'm saying is I've got a lock-up somewhere on the outskirts of London and there's 30,000 copies of the Mint Pins in there. And Clapton, um, if he thinks he's getting it 10% of the fucking profit, he can think again. Because that deal is that was made when I was I'd been drinking heavily in the feathers all afternoon, and he fucking tricked me into that. I now need to look up the min pins and see what it is. It's a book by Roald Dahl with illustrations by Patrick Benson. Uh, it was published in 1991, a few months after Dahl's death in November 1990, and is the author's final contribution to literature. So why the fuck did Blake not do it. Ah, well, it was republished in 2017 under the title Billy and the Min Pins with new illustrations by Quentin Blake. Oh, there's been oh, some kind of legal wrangle there, I think. Blake's there? fucking moved in. He's been dead long yeah. enough. This reminds me exactly of when um, McCartney quit the Beatles and mm. John Lennon took it upon himself to get Phil Spector to mix <laughs> Let It Be. Tart up Let It Be, yeah. And he to, and it so much and, ruin, let it be. And McCartney didn't like it. One of the reasons he didn't like it was because they had that sort of girl choir on. Was it Long and Winding yeah. Road? And he yeah. was like, "We we we didn't we didn't have girls on the band. We were a boy band." <laughs> and um, be for boy, be for Beatles. <laughs> yeah. I've got no problem with women, of course. I've got a couple of daughters, but um, <laughs> but it just wasn't Tim Fieldage at the time. Uh, but John. Yeah, this feels like that, doesn't it? Like mm. last album and then, syndrome. Course, and then McCartney oversaw Let It Be Naked, which was kind of the original mix, mm. which they put out again in 20, 2010 or something, I don't know. Um, so this what this is. Blake has got his hands on the min pins after I came up death. with the idea when me and some buddies had gone down. We'd, we'd had a few drinks and we'd decided to go and throw hamburgers at David Blaine, the magician. <laughs> <laughs> and it was when we were through we'd stopped at Burger King and I've got a flaming whopper to throw them and as I threw it it stuck to his plastic box that the daft cunt was hanging in and it was at that exact moment I turned to my pal and I said this is the best fun I've had in years you know what I should do re-release let it be but my own version with all John's shite stripped out I'm Paul McCartney I can do anything and that's how it happened so I've got David Blaine to thank. So the uh, it, it's little Billy is forbidden by his mother to do a lot of things, including entering the forest of sin behind his house. Mm. Fucking hell! He wasn't he wasn't hanging about at this point, was he? He was close to death, and he's going, oh, I'll just call it the fucking forest of sin. Oh, I can't There's all sinning. sorts of mad shit going on in there. As Billy's it's like, mother, it's based on the woods near me, where fucking <laughs> grotesque things go on, and I know because to my shame. I have been involved in some of them. After it's, it's throwing out time at the feathers, people head to yeah. the woods and there's weird over, things that go on in them woods. Over the back of the car park of the feathers there's these woods. and It all happens in there. 
after about half eleven. Um, so you see some in, fucking weird shit in the forest of sin. She tells him of the Wang Doodle, Horn Swagglers, Snoz Wanglers. They're all words from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, aren't they? He's fucking yeah. I yeah, mean, he's, he's just, just recycling, he's recycling shit now. And, and the vermicious Knids. Yeah, that's all Charlie and the Chocolate Factory stuff. I can hear Jane Wilder's voice saying all them words. Yeah. Uh, worst of all is the terrible blood-suckling, tooth-pluckling, stone-chuckling spitler who chases his prey while clouds of hot red smoke pour out of his nose and then swallows them up in one gulp. Fucking hell. What age group's this for? 23 years. I mean, Roald Dahl's books are pretty scary, aren't they? I mean, The I Witches, so, when yeah. I first read The Witches, I shat myself. Well, I didn't well, shit myself, but like... Yeah. I was I was scared, and in fact, there's a mm. film of it out at the moment, isn't there? But I, as I yet, I've is. been a bit too scared to watch it. Ah, uh, plug up the courage. It's Christmas. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Deep fry some stuff and then sit down and eat mm. that and watch it at the same time. Um, so there's some people living in a tree called the Minpins. Uh, the leader of the Minpins, Don Mini, <laughs> mafia, tells little Billy that the monster waiting under the tree is not the Spitler, but the Minpins have never heard of. But it's actually the red hot smoke belching gruncher who grunches up everything in the forest. Yeah, I, I don't know. This seems like a very thin, thin uh, publication. I don't think we'll be covering that. Yeah, one. he's chucked it out last minute. He he has, Listen, yeah. the way I see it, right, I've got at best six months, right? Fine, I've had a fucking right good laugh, and to be honest, I'm bored. So mm. I'll knock something out. I don't even know what I'll call it. Fucking who cares? The min pins. How about that? And I'll say it all in them woods out by the feathers. We'll knock it out quick. And you just put it against the fucking free bar at my funeral. Simple. I th- I think Patrick Benson, who illustrated, might have been a mate from the pub and he's done him a favour. In, in the same way that George Michael gave Andrew originally co-writing credits on Careless Whisper. On last Christmas. Kn- knowing oh, Careless that Whisper. he was going to... Known that he was going to pack the group in. I'll do your so favourite. Never, never have to work again. I'll do so your favourite. Got... Can you draw? <laughs> what? Can, can you draw? Yes or no? Well, not not really. I mean, I did a little bit of drawing Wrong at answer. Try again. <laughs> can you draw? Put it this way. Can you draw better than this? Hold on. I've got a copy of it here somewhere. Look at that. <laughs> Shit. Look, he goes over the lines. Can't colour in nothing. Can you do something as good or better than that? Yes, of course you can. Don't even answer. We all know the answer. Right, you're doing now. I'm going to give you. An, I'm going to give you a word, and I need you to go off and scribble down some first thoughts. The word is min pins. <laughs> what? Just Write fucking it down. draw it. Tr- trust me. P i n s min pins. Trust me. You want to cash in on this now, you cunt, because I'm in a good mood. Right, I might not be tomorrow. This is an opportunity for you. Grasp it. It's like um, when uh, Mike Ashley promised that bloke a million pounds when they were in the pub, pissed out of their head. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know. No, oh, it was a bit, it was a big court case when Mike Ashley was like in the press loads a couple of years ago because he'd he'd been up to some fucking. Oh, I was when he threw up in a fireplace, wasn't it? Yeah, during a drinking session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He invited the guy down. He said, "If you can." Um, I think it was something like, if you can increase our profits by X amount in the next two years, I will just give you a million pound, right? right? And the geese has gone fine. And then he didn't. And so the bloke took him to court. But the story of how the offer was made was so fucking insane that you just sort of thought, 
I just thought about the bloke. Fucking hell, mate. You're the mug for taking it seriously. He was that yeah. paralytic that he kept crawling under the table, throwing up yeah. in the fireplace. He was off his fucking tits. If someone in a situation like that does a deal with you and offers you a million pounds, just don't fucking take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's now statute in law, isn't it? If someone throws up in the fireplace during yeah. a business meeting, everything within that meeting is null and void. I'm not it's sure it it's happen. a statute, but it is a precedent that all judges will cite. Is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. 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 They'll go, look, yeah. we, you know, there is a precedent now. There are several. Fireplace precedent. Yeah. yeah. Invoke the fireplace precedent. Because <laughs> so many deals are done in that context that, yeah, you know, that, that they are not, they're null and void. I mean, you know, Timbrel will talk you through that. No problem. We'll cast Definitely. Definitely. And I think this Minpin's illustration deal was done on a similar basis as well. So that's probably why Quentin Blake got to illustrate the the, uh, the republish of it in 2017. Jalapeño. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Jalapeño. Back of the book, it says, to begin with, Quentin was a bit nervous about working with such a very famous author. Fucking grow up. You fucking... <laughs> don't be fucking intimidated by any cunt. If you yeah. believe in yourself and you think you're good enough, then you can, you can be up against anyone. But what if you don't think you're good enough? Fucking go home. What if he, he went to the meeting thinking, fuck me, I hope he doesn't test me on colouring. I'm fine when it comes to the just drawing, but if he tests me colouring, I'm fucked. Uh, and he came out of the meeting thinking, I cannot believe he did not even mention colouring. I've got <laughs> away with ironic, this. ironic because that's the thing I'd been prepping for for days. It didn't even come up. That's what he told his wife oh, when he got on. home. So Quentin's got the same voice as Roald Dahl, has he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that voice. It didn't even come up. It didn't come up, you know, darling. Was well, he a nice man? Well, I am... He was loud. It's very loud. He's very... He was quite... Uh, maybe aggressive isn't quite the word, but he was certainly a very bold and confident he was man. Forceful. He threw up in the fireplace at one point. <laughs> I've never seen anyone do that in a pub before. <laughs> and he announced that he was about to do it by saying to me, watch this. 
and yeah. he, he rested his hand on the on the fireplace itself <laughs> and then just vomited right into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, he looked me in the eye, and there was all bits of spittle and dribble down his chin. So, and he looked, and he grinned at me. And he said, "Did you like that?" <laughs> he said, "He said, look at that. I've put the fucker out <laughs> <laughs> with my sick." <laughs> Well, he, he sounds quite unconventional. Yes, I think that is the word, darling. Unconventional. <laughs> But that's how it is sometimes with creative types. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the time they collaborated on the BFG, they'd become firm friends. Quentin never knew anything about a new story until the manuscript arrived. <laughs> you'll have some fun. You'll have some fun with this, Roald would say, <laughs> or you'll have some trouble with this. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin would make lots of rough drawings to take along to Gypsy House. Is this Dahl's house? Is that where he lives? Gypsy House? Yeah. Fucking hell. Because I bought it off a gypsy. That's why it's called Gypsy House. I won it off off a gypsy gypsy in a bet. (laughs) (laughs) In a bare knuckle fight in the car park of the feathers. (laughs) He never thought, he didn't see it coming. But Neither he didn't did I, know Arslan trained the Norwegian way. <laughs> but that's Viking fighting, that is. <laughs> he would take lots of rough drawings and look at Gypsy House where he would show them to Roald and see what he thought. <laughs> I don't fucking know, mate. I ain't got a clue. I'm a, I'm a words man. This just looks like gobbledygook to me. Fucking nonsense. But, uh, whatever. But fine. What I like about them is they're quite big. So they fill up more space on the page. Less words for me, see? That's what I like about you, Quentin. Nice big drawings. Some of these cops try and get away with just doing tiny little ones. Quentin ended up doing twice as as many pictures for the BFG as he'd originally been asked for. These are good, Quentin. Can you do more? Because I've got fuck all in the way of a story. (laughs) And I've I've got 90 pages to fill. Well, I don't quite know what else I'd draw. Well, fucking read what I've written. Just do the bit. He doesn't have to always... He doesn't have to take it literally, Quentin. I've told you. He doesn't always have to be doing stuff that I've described. Imagine other things that they, he could be doing and just draw it. I'll tell you what, right? If you feel like drawing anything at all, you'll just add it into the text. So if you want to draw the giant putting his boots on, just you just fucking put it in with pencil. The giant put his boots on. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> and then, you know, we're both winners. You see what I mean? Because you get another drawing in there, right? And I <laughs> fill up more of the pages. Because I've done a very count. unique deal with my publisher. Well, they, <laughs> I get paid per the page. Not all authors get that, but because I am who I am, I did a by the page payment deal. <laughs> This is a great, this is great, this next bit. Quentin Blake's favourite Roald Dahl book is the BFG. When he wasn't quite sure what the BFG's footwear would look like, Roald actually sent one of his old sandals through the post to Quentin, and that's what he drew. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, oh, that was actually me. a misunderstanding. I sent him the sandal because that, in from in Norway, that is actually a threat Right, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's an ancient Viking threat. Right, if you send someone one of your sandals, it means listen, Con, you're on thin ice. Right, and the it's, eye of uh, death is upon you. 
it's re- it's a bit related to that thing they do in the Middle East, you know, when they throw shoes at people. It's like that. It's, a, it's, it's like that. It's related in to Norway, that. But- it is the deepest sign of disrespect you can give. So I'd had these phone calls from Quentin saying, I'm struggling with the Giants' footwear, and it was driving me round the bend. And I was like, listen, con, you're the fucking drawer here. Fucking think of it. I don't give a fuck what he wears. And he would not fucking shut up. So in the end, I've lost it. I thought, right, I'm going to have to motivate this con. I'll send him a sandal in the post, right? And he'll fucking know that unless he gets his act to get, pulls his finger out and draws some fucking shoes, right, then he is a dead man. The silly cunt thought it was a fucking visual reference. Sends me back a picture of BFG wearing a pair of fucking sandals. I thought James you were taking don't wear the piss. fucking sandals. What the fuck? <laughs> I thought you were taking a piss at first, but whatever. Sometimes these things happen by happy chance. <laughs> and then there's a little bit more about Quentin Blake. Uh, it says Quentin Blake was born on 16th of December 1932. So he's still around, isn't he? He's still alive. So that would make yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Well, we tried to. We sort of got in contact with him, didn't we? At one point, no, we, we tried we to. But his, we looked at his website. We didn't. We try found and get his web, We wanted him. to contact him, but his website had a slightly hostile tone to it. He pretty much said, "Do not attempt to contact Mister Blake under any yeah. circumstances." Fuck off! It was very Ringo Starr, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off! I'm not interested. <laughs> no more stuff. Don't send any more stuff to get signed because it's gonna get tossed. I've had it off to here with all the stuff being sent over. Uh, Quentin Blake, born 16th of December. It's his birthday soon, so many happy returns, Quentin, if you're listening to this. Um, his first drawing was published when he was 16, and he has written and illustrated many of his own books, as well as Roald Dahl's. Uh, besides being an illustrator, he taught for over 20 years at the Royal College of Art. He is a real professor. Wow. Fancy that. But I mean, he used to do. He did Jack and Ori. I don't know if this is before your time or not, Sam. But he used to do Jack and Ori, where he would tell a story and draw the cunt at the same time. Yeah, I like that. Which was good. I enjoyed that when I was a kid. Well, that's a. Um, you know, um, did you see uh, friend of the pod Tom Bradshaw, fantastic yeah. illustrator? He did a draw along of the Elton John Arsene Wenger event the other night. Yeah. And Elton John fucking tweeted him back. Yeah, I saw that. Big I moment. felt proud of that. That felt like that was our victory more than Tom's, yeah. really. Because well, we, we, we're year the ago. wind, we're the wind beneath Tom Bradshaw's wings, really, aren't we? We, we, we him. were within a whisker of making contact with Sir Elton John a year ago, but we, we blew were. it yeah. because he didn't like. Because apparently he is really anti people doing impressions of him in the <laughs> style that we do the impressions of him. Yeah. So we blew it, but now Bradshaw's but, got it, so fine. Well, the thing is about Elton, if lots of people are doing that voice or that impression, then there's got to be something in it. So, you know, <laughs> fucking change your ways, Elton. Yeah. But yeah, Bradshaw's lost to us now. Um, <clears throat> Actually, he sent us an email asking about whether he should go freelance or not. Did you see that? Yeah, that was a life logistics email <clears throat> that we didn't get around to answering. It was. I mean, what, what, the thing is, answer our answer... Now? answer is going to be geared entirely around how this affects us because he helps us out on projects sometimes, doesn't he? Well, I think it's a roundabout way of him saying that he wants us to pay him for what he mm. does or pay him more, pay him uh, more. which isn't going to happen, obviously. <laughs> um, so you're saying stay with the stick to the day stay, job, mate. Stick to the day job. Oh, do a fucking Patreon. See how far <laughs> that gets you. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're all at it these days. Yeah, mate, you're um, going to be... If you play your cards right, you'll be Elton John's personal fucking illustrator before long. Yeah. Right, but fuck knows what goes on around this gaff. Right, if he's got you round there... I want you to just draw me and David going about our business. So everything is recorded in illustration form. You're going to have to live here 24-7 drawing everything, even us when we're asleep. <laughs> I want you to draw David at the deep fat fryer and me sitting at the dinner table with my knife and fork in my hand. Ready for Waiting my dumplings. for my chips. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there, someone, um, Nigel Adderley, the um, football commentator, very good football yeah. commentator, he, I think he listens to the show because he tweeted me mm. and was saying, well, I was talking about the Elton John Arsene Wenger thing and he tweeted and said, oh, yeah. Um, or maybe he tweeted the show, I can't remember, but he, he, he used to work with Graham Taylor. Um, All right, yeah. And, you know, when Graham Taylor was doing the co-coms and he, he said he used to tell him loads of great stories about Elton John. And, oh. uh, you know, like the story that I think I mentioned on the show the other day that, that, that Elton John told on the, on the thing with Wenger was that, like, he wanted, he took, once he bought the club, he wanted the best manager. And mm. everyone said the best manager was Graham Taylor at Lincoln City. But West Brom had offered him a job in the first division. So, so Elton got him over to that big, fancy room that we saw him sat in at the event and sat Graham Taylor down <laughs> and said I want you fuck, fuck West Brom I want you to manage us this is like when Elton John was the world's number one most famous yeah. pop star and was dressed yeah. like a fucking maniac right you know yeah. fucking feather headdress probably and like you know big platform boots and all the rest Glasses of it in the ship of stars and, and Graham Taylor's there like oh, do you see do you see Elton it's a, it's a big it's a big departure for me, Elton, right? And he's gone, and apparently he said to him to try and sober the sort of conversation and give Elton a dose of reality. He went, Elton, even if I agreed to do this, the sort of money it would cost you to get this club from where it is now in the fourth division to the first division in the time you want to do it would cost an astounding sum of money. And Elton went, how much? And he went, it would be beyond what is you know, humanly possible for a club of this size. <laughs> and he went, how much? So so Graham Taylor's gone a million pounds, because this was in the 70s, right? Oh, yeah. So it would be like, say, I don't know, like 100 million. He goes, it would cost you a million pounds, Elton. And apparently Elton just went, cash your check, mate. <laughs> and yeah. that is, I mean, such a great story, because that is how much Elton John loves his football club. He's like, yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm making all this money from singing my songs. I'll, just, I'll give as much of it as I need to turn this tiny local football club into a top flight team. Fucking yeah. amazing. And he did it. Brilliant. Um, so Quentin Blake's a professor. Um, he was the Children's Laureate in 1999. And in 2005, he was awarded the CBE for Services to Children's Literature. That's the, that's the end of the Quentin Blake page. It says, find out more at quentinblake.com, but do not attempt to contact Mr. Blake under any if circumstances. If you want to go on the website, you can, but I'd discourage it. Mm-hmm. I'm turning the page, and it says at the top, a day in the life of Roald Dahl. And that is where we're going to leave it for now. So next week, look forward to that, a day in the life of Roald Dahl. What could be better? Well, we've heard quite a lot about how he spends the day, but the thing is... There is no average day, is there, for Roald Dahl? There's not. Every day is There's not a system. Every day is completely different to the last. That 
is what the day in the life of Rod Dyersweek. <laughs> Unpredictable. And that, that well, is I mean, what I thrive on. Having said that, I'm normally in the feathers by quarter past 11. But every day is pretty much different once, once I'm in there. Once I get in there, you don't know what's going to happen. That's what's great about the feathers and the way that... I mean, I say it's feathers. I don't do the feathers. I could go anywhere and it would be the same. I could go to any pub. I like the feathers because... I could, I could go down the golden line if I wanted, but, you know, it's not the same. Uh, there was an there was, there was a, an issue with the landlord there who is... Well, he is a bit. He's a bit. Prob- he's a bit of a con. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, not entirely bad. sure if I'm welcome or not. I'd have to go in and find out. And I'm not that fussed. I know, but I'm happy at the feathers. It's this decent pub. They do the Thai food now, which I like because he's married. <laughs> he came back from holiday with that little wife of his, and she's fine. She's absolutely <laughs> no problem at all, right? And uh, I like that. I'll have my spring rolls, few beers, and then it all depends on who comes in. And out of the pub during those hours that I am there, conversations start, things happen, incidents arise, and it's just a magical mystery tour. Friendships are formed, friendships are broken. Yeah. Yeah. Every day's different. You go out the back next to you, you don't know that night whether you're just going to get home, put a meal in the microwave and, and watch, like, Holby City, or you might find yourself coming, rocking up home, buying a fucking giraffe off a gypsy off the back of a fucking pickup truck and you can't even remember why or how you got there that's that's life that's the beauty yeah, of the magic of that's life the, that's, that's the life of a storyteller that's where a lot of your stories come from real life they say right about what you know so I do I try to get to know as many things as possible because then it gives me options every day who do you think the big friendly up, giant is it's me you cunt you wake up in the morning and I'm on a mission every morning I'm on a mission and you know what the mission is it's a mission for experience because experience is the lifeblood of a storyteller. So I make it my business to experience experiences as much as possible every day. But mostly in the feathers. Yeah, but best place to find them from my experience. <laughs> All human life is there and giraffes. <laughs> right, we'll do that next week then. <clears throat> a day in life of Roald Dahl. Um, that's it from this one. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.